Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-on items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners. Welcome to this exciting episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. This program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment, LTD from Trinidad and Tobago. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We are almost close to the Christmas season and we are winding down the old year and, and heading into the new year. And this lady has a very interesting story to tell us about her journey and her books. This segment is called Inspirational Moments, in which I interview persons with special needs, different walks of life, authors, life coaches, Christians, and so much more. And my guest today is Miss Annie Chiapetta. I pronounced it right, Anne. You did. All right. Well, <laughs> Anne, how are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. So we're going to take a look at Anne's journey and her writing, and she'll give us a brief reading of her books or some chapters that she has selected. So first of all, a huge shout out to Amy Bobby, a really good friend of mine and Anne's. Well, I interviewed someone, somebody of Anne Perot. Now this is Anne Chiapetta. Mm. So we're going to see what Anne has in store for us. So tell us, who is Anne Chiapetta? Anne Chiapetta is a 50-something um, writer, poet, mom, wife, guide dog user, and someone who just happens to be blind. I, um, I lost my vision late in life uh, from retinitis pigmentosa. So I lived a sighted life until age 28. And then after age 28, I started losing my vision progressively over time. And now I have pretty much just light perception. And that's about it. Tell us about your writing. You, you said you do uh, poetry. Yes, I write. Actually, I, when I started getting serious about my writing, uh, I decided that I wasn't going to be uh, forced into a specific genre. Mm -hmm. I felt that because I read and enjoy so many different types of writing, 
just like people enjoy different types of music. When when I decided to write, I wanted to be able to uh, to practice writing different things and be successful at writing different things. So even though I started with poetry, I I wrote also I wrote some short stories. I started writing um, novels um, with National Writing Novel National Novel Writing Month. I did. I wrote. Actually, finished two novels. Um, I did it two years in a row, and I have I have two unfinished books sitting in my virtual filing cabinet. <laughs> but I I didn't want to limit myself. So even though my first love is poetry, I I also love short stories, and I just sent my novel to my editor for. Uh, for final drafting and final fixes. And that'll hopefully be out before the end of the year. When you talk about poem, poem and poetry, you have to, it, it comes from your heart and your experience and your imagination. So we, the audience, because this is a, a this is a, a listening program, persons listen. So tell my audience in terms of what goes through your mind when you're writing poetry, You're thinking. How do you research? We want to know inside. Oh wow, that's a really intense question, and I really like it because it can go so many places. <laughs> um, when I first started writing poetry, I was like in seventh grade, and the first poem that my teacher got me to write successfully was a poem about rats. Um, and so, how she did it was. She asked us, you know, all of us in the class, to to pre pretend we were something else, and I pretended I was a rat, and uh, that's how it started. So poetry can start anywhere, and and uh, ex explain or uh, describe an experience, an emotion. Um, the imagery of something, the smell of something, the touch of something. Importance uh, being that you try to be in the moment, even if you're talking about things of the past or um, things like you know, like memories about a specific person or someone you love that brings very strong feelings and very strong words into your mind. Um, and you write them, if you write them down and they're meaningful to you, you've written a poem. So the first thing to understand is anybody can write a poem. Uh, to be a really great writer, that's that's something that needs needs work. <laughs> so just and uh, needs practice. But and you, I mean, I decided a long time ago in seventh grade that I wanted to keep doing this, and so I did. And I practiced, and I got better at it, and I took classes. Um, and eventually, I wanted to share that work with other people, and I did. And my goal for writing my poetry is that if somebody reads my poem mm -hmm. and it resonates with them, it makes them connect with the poem in a in a way. That's when I know it's right. When it connects with somebody, wow! Um, yeah. So let me ask you, what literary what literary pilgrimage 
have you have you been on? Oh, wow. Um probably I think when I started writing poetry, really it really began my like professional uh published career began right after I lost my vision. So I lost my vision when I was 28. I was married, I had a young child, and I needed a way to express myself in a safe place. And for me that safe place was in a room with you know with a pen and paper at the time because this was before computers believe it or not. <laughs> so I had a I had a um a a pen and piece of paper and I wrote my poems in a journal and I journal my poetry. And then um I took some classes through the Hadley School for the Blind back then that's what it was called and uh I took some poetry writing classes and things like that. So my my that part of the getting the creativity out of me and the letting it stand for itself and represent what i felt was really important in terms of my my getting accepting my vision loss and working through the trauma of losing my vision so suddenly so poetry had a very important role in my life from the beginning of that pilgrimage of blindness and it has stayed like that until today. What are some unethical practices in the publishing industry? Some unethical ones? Yes. Uh well, discrimination uh is high up on the list. Um a discrimination of writers with disabilities is one of them. Uh actually, I am I've been included in uh, a recent anthology called artificial divide <clears throat> and the um the editor his name is um Robert Kingett and he, in a, in the book is to Renaissance Press in Canada and it's all writers with visual impairments and most of the book is about people with visual impairments in the stories themselves and that was book was the impetus of that book why he wanted that book to come to come to be was because he himself as a writer um with um visual impairment was often discriminated against um by editors and publishing houses and things like that um and when i mean by discriminated i mean like you go to somebody's website and it's not accessible for your screen reading yes, equipment yes Wow. Right. So so that's the kind of discrimination we're talking about. We're talking about we can't even get our foot in the door. We can't even send them an email or a query letter because you know their website isn't equipped uh to allow people using assistive technology to interact with it. So so the artificial divide anthology is like um our way of making a stand and saying, you know, we matter. We 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 are talented. We deserve a chance. and uh i think that's part of letting the publishing industry know that um we're just as important as everybody else in terms of our creativity do you have other friends who are authors and if so how do they help you in your writing yeah um i do have other people who help me in my writing um other authors uh whether they're uh whether they have a disability or not um we are a tribe we're we're a group and it's i think it's important 
to once you decide that you want to put your work out there for people to read, that you have a good set of people who will help you uh, uh, in a in a critique it or give you feedback about it to improve it, and finding the people who, who you know who click with you, you know who um, who you have a lot of things in common with, not just your writing. Um, people that uh, that that also uh, write things that you can give feedback and critique. I think it's really a very important, and it's hard to find a good core group, and it may take a while to find a good core group of people, but you can find them, and they're all over. It could be a local group from your. Um, I know that COVID nineteen shut down a lot of in person things, but um, libraries are starting to come back to life, and we also have things like Zoom <laughs> to help out. So like uh, maybe a critique group at a library or a group of readers from a local club, like Alliance Club or Rotary Club, or um, now we have Meetup and Facebook and all those wonderful social media sites that you can try to find like-minded people to trade your work with and, um, you know, and get feedback for. That's important. Um, finding your little literary supports is really important if you want if you want to get your work to a higher level of, of exposure you know if you could tell your younger writing inner self what would it be and why <laughs> don't give up and don't don't let people say that you're you know who reject your writing to be the ones that control how you feel about your writing when you published your first book how has it changed your life, your mindset, your way of thinking? I published my first book in 2016, and I think it opened up uh, a new way for me to think about my writing, that I could write and that I could get it out there and that people would be receptive to it. I was so afraid that people would not like what I wrote, and that has not been my experience. People really like what I write. Just a reminder, folks, that I'm speaking with the beautiful Annie Chayopeta. And this program is brought to you by Inner Startup Entertainment, LTD, in Trinidad and Tobago. If you need instrumentals, recording, mixing, or mastering, maybe a music video, photo shoot, or graphic designing, need bouncy castles, face painting, popcorn, cotton candy, or characters for the kids, want to do online or offline promotion, maybe both. Let's print your t-shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1-866-338-4123. That's 1-866-338-4123. So, Annie, tell us about your books. How can persons find them and recite some of the poems that you have for us? Sure. Uh, I have a website. <laughs> I feel so official when I say that. Um, it's annchapetta.com, and I'll just spell that out. It's A-N-N-C-H-I-A-P-P-E-T-T-A dot C-O-M. And on annchapetta.com, you can find all my books. You can find my media links, some video, some audio, uh, a little bit of everything, and also my blog. So uh, so that's anchepeta.com. 
And uh, uh, if you'd like me to start reading my poetry, just let me know and I'll, uh, I'll get to it for you. So my first book is Upwelling Poetry. Uh, it's a short book, has 23 poems. Uh, it's a poem, poems about relationships, about love, about loss. Uh, they're all pretty, uh, pretty short um, and accessible. And when I say accessible, I mean that anybody could read them. Even somebody like in grade school could read one of my poems and understand it. It's not, uh, it's not the type of poetry that just goes off into this um, universe of, you know, uh, Wow, what is she talking about? I don't know, but it sounds pretty. That's not the kind of poetry I write. I try to write poetry that's accessible to the reader, where the reader will connect and understand. So uh, the second book that I wrote is called Follow Your Dog, A Story of Love and Trust. And it's a memoir. It's about my life growing up blind and then re receiving my first. My third book is called Words of Life poems and essays and it's exactly how it sounds it's it's poetry and essays and it's split into four different sections one about nature another about my relationships to animals and other people um uh, also uh, uh poems about loss and uh it's interspersed with essays that i have nonfiction essays um and the essays uh aren't too long they're usually about 1500 words so uh you know it's not like you'll be reading a book inside a book um and i have some photographs in there as well and um that book particularly i really like the cover it's it's just a very pleasing uh cover for me um it's a you know some rocks and you know some patterns in the sand and when you look at the uh from uh, the sighted readers I know said that they just feel very peaceful when they look at the cover of the book. So I'm proud of that book for a lot of reasons. Um, and then my last book is called uh, A String of Stories from the Heart to the Future. And it's a collection of short stories uh, uh, and all different types of short stories. It's multi-genre. So there are some um, some general fiction in there, some science fiction uh actually a, a horror story so it's kind of fun and that book is was the best book to hear narrated for me um all my books are up on audible.com and uh they're also available through um you know here in the states we have the national library service for people with disabilities and it was really important for me to get my books all up in an accessible format so about the accessible format in terms of um, are they on audible? Are they um, print, braille? Tell me about that. Sure. Uh, well, all my books are on Amazon and all ebook sellers, Kindle. And then there's this um, another uh, uh, ebook seller called Smashwords. Mm -hmm. And Smashwords is great because you can, um, people with disabilities, especially people who use like an, a braille display, a refreshable braille display with their computer. They could download, they could purchase and download a text file from Smashwords and then convert it into a Braille file for their reading on their computer with Braille. And that's that's enormously accommodating. You know, I, I mean, just for that, for someone who reads um, mostly Braille could take uh, something from Smashwords and 
and have my book at their fingertips. It's really important. Do you want these books to stand out or are you trying to um, put them as a network or so? What do you want for each book to bring out? What do you want your readers to, to, to take away when they, when they close the last chapter of the book? I'd like reader. Uh, I think my, my overall goal, of course, is for people to remember some of what I've written. Like to say, wow, that story, I'm still thinking about that story from two weeks ago. Wasn't that this or, or um, that poem about her dad? You know, maybe I should give it to my friend because, you know, she's, you know, it might help her, you know, about how she feels about her dad and, you know, her, you know, her family member being gone. Or, wow, that poem about her dog is so good. I got to share it with my friends. That's what I want. That's, I want people to be able to remember what I've written and share it with other people. You know, um, making connections is what I, I, I really would, is what I write for. I would be great to have all the money coming in, but mm -hmm. I don't write for the money. I write for the personal satisfaction. Take us to now your poems you want to recite for us because sure poems. So listen up folks and be inspired. Okay. I um, I chose three poems, two short ones and one a little longer. Um, two of them are, are brand new that I've, you know, that, that haven't been published. So uh, I figured I'd share them with you first. This is like the first public, public time that I've ever shared something new that uh, with, you know, on a podcast. So you're, you got, you got a, a special little treat. This one is called Wild Figs by Anne Chapetta. We walk the obscure game path imprinted by eternal hooves, pads, and bellies seeking succor. The rattlesnake basks on the furnace hot parched earth. For a, a moment, tepid canteen water answers prayers. The clearing opens, bountiful tree teams with a susurration of starling wings. Our approach silences the avian jewels nestled in the tree necklace. The air resonates, genuflective, reverent. Needful fingers reach for the virtuous golden fruit. I pluck it, the end. The next poem is called Aurora Borealis by Anne Chapetta. It comes in the night, polar glitter, hushes fields, nestled like a silent power moor. Subdued breath whispers in the highest elevations, hues burst skyward like images woven among dreams. Surreal glow dances, pulses like an alien song. Northern lights, how lovely is the universe, the end. The last poem is called Before You Go, and it's in my first collection, Upwelling. Lifelines, don't tell the origin of sun and shadow displayed in each hand. 
both my palms have their own legends. The left repaired once, the right twice. Sutured reminders lie hidden within folds like words which remain in the creases of the mind. Each scar brings out the braggart, the historian, a sense of relief. I fear my hands like tea leaves, tyranny or tarot cards. Hands represent the imprints of destiny or perhaps nothing at all. If I look into your palm, what will it reveal? Your distance and indecision? Today, I wanna to feel your warmth, compare our creases. So tomorrow I can recall their radiance, remembering the personal roadmap of your life, the end. That one was about my dad. These are amazing. You know, I'm going to put you on to a very good friend of mine. Um, her name is Crystal Allen. She is the CEO of a nonprofit organization. And she has a book club every Saturday. And I think, I, how does she do it? I know she purchases the book. Mm -hmm. And then they ask you to come on. And we summarize, they summarize the book in front of you and then you, you, you correct them and then you give us your story, your life story. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm going to, I just sent her a voice note while I was listening. To her. <laughs> okay, me, great. There are lots of authors who I have on the table who I'm going to recommend to her because you all have such amazing stories, amazing books. I don't know what to say to you. This is just life changing life breaths i'm going to purchase your books and i am going to purchase your books both hard copy and kindle I, I i love to read i'm not a big reader but i love to read stories like these and i thank amy for introducing us yes what does literary success look like to you in the next five years oh okay so literary success for me I'll give you two answers. The short answer would be, I would love to make, you know, a little bit more income from it, but that's not, like I said, that's, it would be great, but it's not what, what's really driving me. I'm, you know, some writers, you know, start out and then they, they have like a business plan and all that. That's not me. I, I'm more of a creative cerebral person. Um, for the next five years, I want to continue writing. I would like to continue self-publishing at least one book every two years. Uh, uh, if I could, I would like to publish a book once a year. I have a lot of writing and I have a, I have a lot to share. So I have a novel coming out, hopefully the end of the year. Then after that, I'm going to be working on um, another novel. So uh, in the next five years, I really want to clear out my file cabinet um, of those manuscripts, get things brushed off, maybe even get another chapbook of poetry done. I'd like to continue making personal uh, presentations and readings. Uh, the COVID-19 pause really, really interrupted so much creatively for yes. me. And it's been a struggle to get back 
on the ground again, but I'm doing it, you know. Um, so I really would like to just keep going, keep making those connections, uh, keep writing, and uh, and that's what I want to do. That's 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 my goal for not just the next five years, but for well, however long I'm here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mentioned five years because it's it's a it's a short term goal, and you can easily get those. Um, you know, so tell us about a typical day for Anne. You know, how, how many hours for the day do you write? What do you do? do what do you do during your spare time when you're when you're not writing? We want to know. Oh well, I I mean I write pretty much like a lot during the day and everything. I do have other jobs, uh, so I um, I have a uh, I do contract work as a content writer. Um, I also am actually um, I just got another job doing um a podcast for people with disabilities and that's starting tomorrow we're going to we're going to be um meeting in the uh studio and uh you know testing all the equipment and stuff so i'm really really excited i'm going to be doing podcasting i'm like wow so um i volunteer a lot and uh that you know with blindness and disability groups uh but in my spare time i love spending time with my dogs uh, I have a guide dog and a pet dog, and my husband and my daughter uh, live with me. So um, when my husband's home and he's not working, uh, we um, we like to travel. <laughs> that hasn't been happening for a while because of COVID, but we're going to get back to that. Um, we like to, uh, you know, we like to um, we like to cook um, and uh, stuff like that. So we have a good time together. Uh, so I just like keeping, I keep low, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a family kind of person. I like to just be connected. Uh, and, uh, I've really lived, you know, I, I listen to a lot of music and a lot of different types of music that I like to listen to. Uh, so I always have my, um, my earbuds in and I'm listening to something. So I, um, like I said, I read a lot and I listen a lot to audiobooks. and, uh, you know, I fool around with my own audio recording and stuff like that. So, you know, I have a, a lot of things to keep me busy. I don't like to not be busy, but I also like to have purpose in my life. So if I want to, um, for instance, uh, just have quiet time and be in my head, uh, I want to be able to do that. Um, and I do that usually in the mornings or, or late at night. Um, I'll have some meditation time and some thinking time and some downtime. So let me ask you, do you read your book reviews? If so, how do you deal with the bad ones? <laughs> not well. <laughs> I don't think, I, I mean, um, I try not to take them to heart and I try not to take it personally. Right. And uh, however, different people have different ways of processing um poor reviews uh so my initial reaction is is to get like really uptight over it and stuff and my husband's like what is your problem today and i'm like oh i got a bad <laughs> review <laughs> so um and then and then eventually that feeling goes away because i don't want to keep that feeling i mean i realize that i'm only human and i may feel that way for a little bit but i can choose to reject their rejection and just say, oh, that's just one opinion of many. And I don't need to, I don't need to keep that. And I let it go. 
I let the universe have it and I move on. What are some common traps for write for for inspired writers? Aspired writers rather. Common traps, oh, vanity presses. We want to we like we want to we love your story, send it to us and for $45 we'll print it in our anthology. Do not do that. That's a vanity press and they disguise themselves very well. Um uh companies that offer you marketing services to you know but they have a high price tag uh uh that's also another way of of um of you know trying to get you from you know achieving your goals uh because they'll you know they'll take your money um you know i think writers ha- we have to have a certain amount of um street sense you know but uh, you know sense a good sense about when people are trying to take advantage of just like any you know in any other business um i also think that the traditional publishers mm-hmm. um are in a position now where where they just they don't know where they fit and they're becoming very rigid in uh, so many ways and so difficult to connect with and i really hope the traditional publishing industry changes their attitude yes i really do tell us where persons can find your book how can they contact you and what would be your final advice to those persons who have started writing feeling stuck feeling depressed feeling down or those readers who trying to find books to read <laughs> sure again my website is www.anchapetta.com and you can find all my books there and links to purchase my books on Amazon Kindle e-books, smashwords. Also, um all my books are audiobooks on audible.com. So you can also email me at annie @annycms64@gmail.com. Um, I can spell that out. It's a n n i e c for Charlie, m for Mike, s for Sam, the number 6, the number 4 at gmail.com. And uh my final advice for writers is to read, to read and read and read more because if in, in order for you to become a good writer, you have to read about other people and you have to read other good writing so it can kind of um make you become a better writer. Um do whatever you can to improve your writing. And that could mean different things for different people, but don't ever give up on wanting to be a better writer because you'll find that over time you will be. You know, if you really want to put your mind to it, you can do it. Um I remember years ago I couldn't write uh if somebody asked me to write down your thoughts about a cat Uh, you know on you know i couldn't do it i i just i had like i i just could not write like spontaneously you know and it took me a long time to be able to do that but now i can do that no problem and took a long time for me to um to develop those skills so and writing is skill i mean it's creativity it's skill and it's passion with that being said guys life is a journey live good love god one love one heart Let's get together and feel good. See you next week Sunday. Hello, I'm Sydney Thorpe. Sydney Sizer is here to help you meet your audio recording needs. 
call or WhatsApp 876-281-2801 or you can email me at sidnesizer at gmail.com or sidnesizer at outlook.com or you can Skype me using Sidnesizer as my Skype name. Sidnesizer. We can talk. Sidnesizer, where we love to make good things happen. <laughs> <laughs>